Portage Health Foundation is hosting its inaugural PHF Family Barbecue on Sunday, July 17th from 12 to 3 p.m. at Centennial Park in Chassel. The event will showcase many incredible projects PHF has funded in recent years, include a non-profit vendor expo, raffle prizes, and free lunch for those who attend, and much more. Planning for the event is underway, and updates on specifics of the event will be posted at phfgive.org slash bbq, and on all Portage Health Foundation social media outlets. Welcome to another edition of Copper Country Today. Good Sunday morning. I'm Todd Van Dyke. Today we talk with the four candidates who are hoping to take over as the state representative in the 109th district, which recently was expanded to include Barraga County. We have a couple of Republicans coming up in just a moment or so, and another Democrat in just a moment or so. But right now we start out with Jen Hill, who is a member of the Marquette City Council and uh, has a fair amount of uh, public type background. She is one of the Democrats who is running. Jen, welcome to the program. Thank you very much. I'm glad to be here. And our program is brought to you by the Portage Health Foundation. Find out more about them at phfgive.org. Tell me a little about yourself, Jen. Sure. I uh, have 30 years experience in economic development, sustainability, and nonprofit leadership. And for the last eight years, I have represented the UP at energy tables, uh, as many folks know, unfortunately, we pay uh, some of the highest electric rates in the entire lower 48 states, and I've been uh, helping address that question. And as you mentioned, for the last five years, I've been elected to the Marquette City Commission. You were a member of the UP Energy Task Force, as I recall. Yes, yes, thank you. Uh, that is, yeah, part of my energy work. We met from 20. 19 through 2021 to look at our uh, propane issues and also um, uh, we had two reports, one on propane and one on our overall energy situation and how to improve it. Would I take from that 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 might be one of your lead issues if you head to Lansing? (laughs) Yes. Yes. Uh, And I think this energy question is a question of economic development as well as uh, uh, pocketbook issue of, you know, when we're having to pay hundreds of dollars a month for electricity and other parts of our rural nation, you know, Maine or say Montana don't have to pay the rates we do. Uh, there's something wrong at a, at a higher level, at a system level. And that's one of the things I want to work on. In addition to what I'm hearing when I knock doors is people are concerned about health care and cost of prescriptions. They're concerned about child care they're concerned about housing, is what I'm hearing so far. What do you think can be done from the Lansing base about health care and prescription costs? A lot of that is federal, perhaps? Well, there's some of the insurance questions are certainly federal issues, but there are um, things we can do in Lansing around setting caps. There's things we can do around negotiating prices. There is work uh, with our, uh, we have terrific senior centers here in the UP. I want to make sure they have all the resources that they need. Again, I'm, I'm very much driven by what the community is telling me, and I'm bringing that to Lansing and then making sure I bring the resources back. You have a focus, I'm looking at your campaign literature, on climate action and sustainable development. How does that uh, relate to us here in the Upper Peninsula? Well, there's a, a number of different ways. Uh, we are uh, blessed to have uh, the better situation coming out of climate. We're not 
having to face some of the terrible uh, uh, outcomes of of the sea level rise and, and droughts and fires, at least not, you know, hopefully we, we won't have, we certainly have a problem with fires potentially. And so I want to make sure that we are um, ready and maintain the great quality of life that we have. And that includes um, how we get our energy, also uh, making sure that our water is, is uh, safe. Uh, the question of what's happening with the stamp sands and the many millions of well, billion dollar now that we know of, making sure the state is a good partner in that work so that we keep that vital fishery open, as well as dealing with uh, what we're already seeing, which is the influx of people choosing to move here for climate reasons. Jen Hill, how do we strike a balance between the ecology and and, and uh, energy development. And I, I bring this up because uh, you're going to be covering Barraga County now as part of the district. There was a knockdown drag out a few years ago in Lance Township about yes. locating wind turbines there. There's been a knockdown drag out closer to Houghton and Hancock over the past couple of years about wind turbines. Uh, we yeah. talk about putting them up. Does that damage the environment? It certainly would help us become more energy self-sufficient. How do we balance those two interests? And it's a question of what trade-off are we going to take for the short term, but especially for the long term. And I think we unfortunately have the experience of knowing when we've made short-term trade-offs and there's been uh, often economic gain, but then greater environmental loss. And so now... Knowing that, we need to look at what's really in our better long-term interest. It may be that we don't put the wind in the place where there's, uh, you know, of course, bird habitat. We put it somewhere else, and that will have a longer-term benefit to our communities. Do we? we don't, what, what I don't want is for us to continue to be dependent on fuels that are are um, brought, you know, that are on the international market that go up and down based on wars happening in other continents, which is our situation now. We do need to to develop local energy, as you say, and I think it's a question of continuing to talk about it as more people get educated about this, these issues and these questions, we can make trade-offs that are comfortable for our community. And that involves, you know, sitting down and, and talking about these issues and that and getting and, and learning more about them. And rather than, you know, unfortunately, we, you know, uh, landowners uh, can, t can say, I want to put this here. And then you're put in a reactive position. I think it's important that we be proactive and look at this. Uh, all of members of the community look at this uh, from a future with what we want for the future, and not just in a reactive position. Talking with Jen Hill, who is one of the two Democratic candidates who will be on the August 2nd primary ballot in the 109th State House District, which now includes Barraga County. Barraga County is kind of new territory for you folks, uh, all of the candidates basically uh, coming out of Marquette County. Has it been a bit of a learning process for you to get to know Barraga County a little better? It, it's really, I've really enjoyed getting to meet folks. I came over for the Barraga Lumberjack Parade and got to talk to folks there. I've also um, talked at, was at the Lake Trout Festival and got to meet many people there. What I heard uh, is these questions of economic development, 
questions about um, mental health uh, services and how to improve those, as well as the you know um, general health care and prescription drug costs, and of course uh, working with the tribe as a uh, sovereign nation is going to be another important piece as a state legislator. Uh, we do have a very specific kind of relationship, uh, and I look forward to working with the tribe as well. You have an economic development background. We know that we have some challenges on that count here, particularly transportation. Uh, for freight, we're a long ways away from some of the major routes. For airplane, uh, air travel, we have some limitations on that as well. How do we reach out and develop ourselves economically, and, and what windows do you see? see that aren't necessarily hampered by those couple of uh, drawbacks that we have? Yeah, the I think it's this is where, uh, I, and I'm glad to say I've been at some of these UP-wide tables for a number of years, um, it's going to take uh, the entire UP working together to bring in the level of resources and, and invest UP, uh, which is all 15 counties, you know, has an initial $15 million investment from the state of Michigan and it looks like there will be potential for more funding to come in December uh, and when the legislature gets back together. And I think we need to think really regionally and comprehensively about these questions. Uh, we're competing against, you know, Minnesota, not, you know, not Iron County, I think is how we need to look at this. And so what can we do together and taking advantage of the different assets that are in Berga County, and how um, what they can uh, how they can um, support the you know the the kinds of economic growth that that the community wants. The Line Five pipeline continues to be a hot point. There are people who want it to be uh, to be built. I believe your uh, Democratic opponent is in favor of keeping it in place and building the tunnel under the straits. What is your position on Line Five? I see line five as really three different questions. There's the question of how do we maintain the health of the Great Lakes and the lands uh, that the pipeline goes over. There's the question of how we heat our homes, uh, with particularly if you are reliant on propane. And the question of where do jobs come from and where do taxes get paid. Those are so line five is a pretty complicated thing, but those three things are really at the heart of it. And number one, uh, I've as part of the task force, we heard very clearly from the Propane Retailer Association that they have increased capacity and increased storage, and in particular have received grants from the state of Michigan to increase their rail capacity and use rail to transport what they need uh, for propane. And so we're in a better position, much better position than we were when the 2013-14 crisis hit. And then there's the question of, of maintaining the Great Lakes, which is going to involve Canada, the U.S., the state of Michigan as the owners of the bottomlands of the Great Lakes, and then the tribes, which have treaties to have access to fish. So that's in the courts uh, and will be playing out over time. And then the question of jobs is an important, very important one, and, and, and local tax revenue. And like I said, I um, intend to bring every voice who's interested in being at the table to these questions, because I think it's very important that we look broadly and look to the future to include both our, our long-term legacy industries, but also 
as more people are working from home and choosing to be here in the UP, I think our economic future is bright, but we need to think about these new ways and new needs that we're going to bring that we need, especially broadband and uh, transportation. Jen Hill, we've got to wrap this up, but if people want to know more about you and your campaign, do you have a website or someplace that they can go to find out? Yes, our website is electgen, J-E-N-N, hill.com, electgenhill.com. We're also on Facebook at Jen, the number four, M-I, and Instagram and Twitter. And um, and we uh, welcome all, I'd love to hear from folks. If you mentioned this is a new relationship with Berica and the 109th, and I'm eager to learn all I can from the folks who are there. Thank you for your time, Jen Hill. Thank you very much. Don't forget to vote on August 2nd. We continue as we preview the August 2nd primary, talking with the candidates in the 109th state house seat, which now, as I've mentioned, includes Barraga County. The other Democrat who is running in the race is Joe Bulgren. He is the Forsyth Township Supervisor at this point. And uh, Joe, we welcome you to the program. Thank you for your time. Thank you, Todd. It's a pleasure. You have a very impressive military record, and I'd like you to talk about that a little bit and uh, just give us a thumbnail sketch of yourself. Okay. Uh, I was born and raised in Gwen, uh, joined the Navy in 1980, and I was an enlisted uh, submariner for 10 years, and I uh, was then commissioned, and I did another 22 years as an officer, primarily in aviation. I flew about 175-ish combat missions over Kosovo, Afghanistan, and Iraq. I later commanded a U.S. Navy base and also a National Security Agency field station. Throughout my career, I was also a cryptologist, so I uh, Navy sent me to learn Russian, sent me to learn Marsh code when I was a young kid, um, and I, I really enjoyed my 32 years in the Navy. It gave me a very good perspective on uh, how the world works, seeing other cultures, seeing other forms of government, and uh, seeing the amazing things that the United States does around the world for people. I would imagine uh, that uh, after you served in the Navy for that long and with that variety of roles and increasing responsibility, you could have had your pick of a lot of private sector jobs. Why did you come back here? Well, I, you know, I came home from work one day, and I had two sons who were in ninth and eighth grade at the time, and I was getting ready to go on another overseas assignment and uh, probably coming to the screening zone for selection to Admiral. And my kids cornered me and said, we want to go be from somewhere. We're tired of all this moving. I said, well, where do you want to be from? And they said, where Grandma lives. And Grandma lives in Gwen. So off we went. And I, I was obviously tickled pink because, uh, you know, I love the UP and I love my hometown. And it's always the place I've owned own property uh, or the only place I've owned property, the only place I've ever voted was from my precinct and foresight, regardless of where I was in the world. So it's really good to be back. And it's, you know, I've been back here now for uh, just over 10 years um, and have become involved in uh, the local community since I got back. I I am a small business owner and I'm a uh, partner in a consulting firm out of DC and we do consulting to the U.S. intelligence community. So I still have my fingers in the pie to a certain degree, although I work exclusively remotely from Gwen. Now, you are a Democrat. You're in Forsyth Township, which, frankly, I'm not as familiar with Marquette County politics as maybe I should be. I would suspect that's a pretty conservative red district. How does that work? Uh, Forsyth Township itself is has 
over the last 15 years become uh, significantly more conservative. Um, in fact, on the, the township board, myself and one of the trustees are Democrats. The other three uh, members of the board are Republicans. Um, fortunately, at the municipal level, partisan politics rarely plays a role, and we get along well and, and go. I, I would hope to do well in my hometown, irrespective of uh, what somebody's uh, preliminary party uh, lineup is. But where they, a lot of the outlying communities outside of Marquette City uh, have been trending uh, more Republican over the last decade or so. Is that an indication that uh, you hope that maybe you can cross party lines if you are elected? I certainly, I certainly hope so. And, and from the from the standpoint of the ability to work across party lines, that's that's certainly not an issue. I am not a flamethrower. Uh, I I'm fairly astute at knowing what's a hill worth dying on, and you can't get. Uh, you can't get things done, particularly if you're operating from the minority, if you don't have the ability to work with the other side on things that are in the best interests of the state and of the UP, and of course, the with specific interest to the 109th. Local governments, townships, our villages, our cities, have faced some challenges in recent years, uh, particularly in dealing with the state. We've seen revenue-sharing funds uh, not what they used to be. We've seen support kind of ebbing from the state from time to time. We've seen a little uptick now that we've got all this COVID money to spend, but uh, I think that's going to be a temporary thing. What issues would you take to state government that would reflect on your experiences with state government as a township supervisor? I think there are some unfunded mandates that legislators uh, bring into action and pat themselves on the back, and then it gets pushed down in whole or in part to the municipalities. And my feeling on that is if the state legislature enacts a law and the governor signs it, then they're writing the promise that they will pay for it. And just an example, and I'm a veteran, I fully support disabled veterans uh, receiving their just due. But we have uh, a situation where tax-exempt status for 100% disabled veterans is pushed 100% down to the local municipalities, and you collect zero uh, tax dollars. Uh, Like I said, I support the legislation. It's been around for a long time, over a decade, but the state should be footing that bill, not, you know, every town and uh, municipality in the state of Michigan. What other issues would you take to Lansing? I am a huge proponent of collective bargaining, and I have very strong endorsements from labor. In fact, I'm the only candidate that has labor and uh, collective bargaining units endorsing them. And one of my biggest things is the, you know, we have many, many seasonal workers in the UP because of, uh, you know, in construction and trades like that that are uh, hampered in winter. And the disparity between the state of Michigan's unemployment statute and our status and other even neighboring states is abysmal. In Michigan, you can have a maximum of 20 weeks of unemployment and the rate for a young married person is, uh, or any person is $340 a week. Uh, go over to nearby Minnesota and it's 26 weeks long and the pay rate is like $750 a week. So uh, if you show me where I can live for $350 a week uh, and take care of the family, I'll move there tomorrow. So that's something that I'm very keen on uh, bringing a light to and getting changed. Where does that money come from? 
Well, the money comes from a, a very large budget, and you appropriate to make to to, to pay your things in priority order. And I, I know that may sound like a uh, a pretty generic discussion, but it's one I faced for six years in Forsyth Township, and I'm very proud to say that we are very solvent. We have taken care of our people. We've paid down 1.2 million dollars in our MERS uh, liability, so that the promise of retirement that We've been making employees for the last, you know, 40 years of people that are still alive and collecting and those are that are working now and will collect at the time of their retirement. It will be there because we budgeted accordingly and uh, no pun intended, didn't spend our money like drunken sailors. And that's what the state needs to do to take care of priority things. And and, and I think that taking care of hardworking uh, people in our state who are forced to cease their work because of weather and uh, climate conditions is something that we can consider a priority and make sure that those people have a viable way to survive until they can get working again. Talking with Joe Bulgren, he is a Democratic candidate for the 109th State House seat. He will be on the ballot coming up in August. Um, let me throw a phrase at you that I'm getting from one of your uh, one of your handouts: conscious conservative, conscious conservationism. I had trouble saying it. What does it mean? <laughs> Well, I think those of us in the, that uh, grew up in the UP in particular, we're taught at a young age that we live in a pristine part of the universe and America and our state, and we're taught to respect it. We're taught to enjoy it. We're taught to enjoy it without destroying it. Um, that's a lot of what I'm talking about. And I also apply it to things like mining and timber, both of which I support. But I think we have to be mindful to ensure that those who are doing that business do so in a, in a manner that doesn't uh, harm the environment. And if you just noticed in the budget that just got passed at the state, the Buffalo Reef Project just got a $10 million uh, help start to get to get that stamp sand out of there and, and you know, reclaim that. And it's going to take decades and probably forever to keep that going. Uh, that's something that uh, our incumbent representative uh, who supports me and endorses me, by the way, Sarah Cambenzi, uh, got done for us along with Senator McBroom. And, uh, you know, so conscientious conservationism is just an awareness that we live, we live in beauty and we have from whether it's individual um, pleasure seeking to, you know, go look at the waterfalls, go to Pitchard Rocks, go into uh, Barriga County and go to the seashore or the lakeshore in Lawrence or to wherever we, we are, um, to the manufacturing that occurs in our area. We need to take care of it, make sure that uh, we always have this and we preserve it. And I think it's an absolute part of the culture of everybody that grows up in the EP. Just a couple minutes left here, Joe. I want to touch on the Line 5 pipeline because I know your position on that differs from the position of many in your party. Uh, yes, it does. Um, I have yet to hear a cogent argument on how the necessary um, propane and, uh, and fuel that comes through Line 5 uh, would get to us otherwise. Um, I disagree with the assertion that it can be done for the same price and the same um, level of safety elsewhere. I also, my position is also based on the fact that there are a whole lot of labor jobs that are associated with it, and I don't want to see those go away. That's a whole lot of jobs that allow uh, 
children and grandchildren of UP residents to remain in the UP and not have to leave to find work. And I also base that on the fact that Line 5 is an international agreement and it's highly unlikely that the state of Michigan is going to do anything to change that. Um, I would rather focus my energy on holding to the highest ethical and uh, environmental standards those who are uh, engaged in Line 5. Um, I'd rather quit holding up the, the pipeline that's currently in place that has the potential or a greater potential to have damage occur and get working on the tunnel that is going to uh, provide greater security to the, to the region and to the lakes. Um, you know, as I said the other day in Barriga, we're, we're the country that put a man on the moon and built the Panama Canal. I think we can figure out how to make Enbridge keep a tunnel that's safe and that we can monitor and that we can feel, um, you know, sound about. Real quickly, Joe, i got to cut you off because we're, we're running oh, sure. out of time. But I want to, uh, if folks want to know more about you and your positions, do you have an online presence? How can they learn more? I sure do. They can find me on Facebook, Joe Bogren for State Representative, and my webpage is joebogren.com. And if any of the groups in your listening area would like me to come up and say hello to them or uh, grill me in my positions, I'll be happy to avail myself. And thank you very much, Todd, for allowing me to participate in this forum. Joe Bulgren, who is one of the Democratic candidates for the 109th, will take a break and be back and talk to Republicans in just a moment on Copper Country Today.